It is our honor and privilege to have Bobby Gupta with us this weekend, um, and Lynette, his wife. Good to see you again. Um, yeah! Bobby is president of Hindustan Bible Institute in Chennai, in India, right on the coast, southern coast of India. Four of us visited there a few years ago, and uh, were treated like royalty. And uh, we had a wonderful time seeing the vast impact of that ministry across India and Southeast Asia. Uh, we've helped them remodel a, a, I don't know what you call it, in Nepal one year. Uh, we helped, didn't we? Yes, we did. We helped do that once. So th their, their, their vision of Bobby Gupta is amazing and, and encouraging, and I just want you to get a flavor, really, of what they're doing and what God is doing. So we're going to start by introducing a little bit of HBI to you, in case you didn't know, and then Bobby uh, will come up and open the word for us this morning. Twenty. Incredible impact, scaling up to a new level. The month of March brought some concerns as the nation was talking about a nationwide lockdown. We saw God leading us and giving us direction to move on. The major concern was the residential students who were staying at HBI campus. We were just about to end the academic year. God helped us to conduct the semester exams during the lockdown. Within a few days of nationwide lockdown, we watched thousands of migrant workers walking back to their homes. It was so heartbreaking to see them walk with their children, carrying the toddlers on their shoulders, dragging their luggages with elderly people. We saw hundreds sleeping on the sidewalks without food and water. God moved our hearts to help these people with food and water. We started to cook food at HBI Chennai and another campus away from HBI and distributed to these people. While we started serving food, we received requests from our regional centers and from INEC village pastors asking us to help them to feed the migrants and the homeless. We truly want to thank God for bringing in partners who generously gave to help us provide both cooked food and groceries to people who were homeless, jobless, and migrants. While the lockdown was on, God opened the door for us to restore our agriculture farm that was kept uncared. It opened a huge door for us to minister to people who were jobless and give employment to more than 500 people who came to work on our farm. We were able to cultivate paddy in eight acres of land develop six fish ponds and grow vegetable gardens. We were able to construct a compound wall all around the 14 acres of farm to protect our boundaries, but more importantly, provide work for the jobless. While these migrant workers working in our farm, God opened the door for us to pray with them and share the good news of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the midst of pandemic and lockdown, we saw God at work among our village pastors. It was so amazing to hear from our pastors about the beautiful works of God. God opened them many, many doors to pray with people and share the love of Christ. 
the church's doors were kept open 24/7 so many walked into the churches for prayer as they were facing uncertainties and fears and hopelessness the pastors and their families welcomed them prayed with them and shared the message of hope in Christ Jesus their hearts were so open to hear the gospel and they made commitments to follow the Lord Jesus Christ those who responded to the gospel wanted to be baptized the pastors immediately baptized them and welcomed them into the fellowship of believers many were able to start house churches in the homes of those who responded to the gospel on christmas day they had a large gathering of people who responded and celebrated christmas together in orissa from seven villages about 1000 people came together for christmas service in north india more than 4000 people gathered for worship on christmas day the church is growing and people are being reached with the gospel of jesus christ and are being discipled god helped us to start preparing for the next academic year to offer courses online god built an entire it team together we have now trained more than 15 recorders to do the recording of the lectures we trained our faculty members to do the recording we identified and trained five editors so that each video recording could be edited reviewed and prepared for uploading We want to thank the Lord for his amazing works through the ministries of HBI and the incredible impact we had during this lockdown. We saw God opening many many new opportunities to carry on the mission of God, serve the Lord, to disciple the nations. We stand in awe of him. To him be the glory, majesty, honor and praise. Is that amazing? My microphone works. That's amazing too. And it's wonderful to be back and to worship with you and to get you caught up and to help you understand what God is doing. You know, we want to say so much. We want to say thank you so much to Peninsula Community Church. for your faithfulness to pray for us to support us to stand with us to enable us in critical times and i hope that when you watch that you realize that you had also invested in that and because you gave we were able to be part of what god is doing around the world and particularly in the asian context in india and we want you to understand that our school our training center that y'all invested in we came here for a christmas uh, event that y'all took the offering and we enabled the beginning of our nepal center and the ministry over there and we had it fully equipped because your church generously gave to the ministries of hindustan bible institute and we want to say thank you so much It's always an amazement to live in a time that is so different from times that we are generally normally would live in. But we're living in a time that everybody wish it is the thing of the past. But it doesn't seem to become the past, does it? 
It seems to be reoccurring and reappearing and restoring and coming back, leaving us confused, wondering what do we do in this state of uncertainty? But the fact is that we have a God who we trust in, and what a wonderful name it is, and that name is Jesus. Thank you. And it's an amazing thing that we can worship the Lord and know that he is sovereignly in control. And so, church, we want to begin by saying that we want to thank you. We want to thank you for partnering with us and helping HBI. And I trust that as you looked at that video, you actually were blessed because God is at work in my country. Long beyond my own imagination, when we went in 1983, and Pastor Schaff and Judy are here, they were part of the sending out. And Christy, you were also there when we got ready to go. We went back to India in 1983, 38 years ago. Isn't that amazing? God took us back, us there. And in 38 years, so many things have happened through the ministries of HBI. And uh, we went to a nation that didn't have but one Hindustan Bible Institute training center. And today we have 10 of them. Isn't that amazing? We ought to give the Lord a big hand. We didn't even have one church that we had planted that was part of what we called the Indian National Evangelical Church. And yet today, as we look around, it's an amazing thing. I'm going to share this with you. You're going to be blown in your mind that God could do something like this in 35 years. But he did it. It's not we who did it, but God did it. There weren't any churches that were connected to Hindustan Bible Institute, but today we have 13,500 churches. Isn't that amazing? Give the Lord a hand. And you know what? Over 850,000 people have been discipled as a result of that. Now, are you encouraged that you invested in the ministries of HBI? Well, we're thankful. So if you think about why we are so thankful to you is because when we left, we had the faintest idea what God was going to do. And Don was our chairman, and he can tell you stories that we were struggling, we were having a hard time. But God said, Bobby, go, I'm with you. All things are possible. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. And we went, and today we rejoice in it, and we praise God for it. Lynette and I are here for a short sabbatical, or you could call it a furlough. This is our third furlough in 38 years. Even though we travel to America almost every year to speak in churches, to bring them up to date with what God is doing, we didn't take a furlough. I don't know if we are taking a furlough, but we are somewhere in some church some point in time every week. So we are on the road again. But we're so grateful to the Lord. This morning I want to talk to you from the life of Abraham. And I want to help us understand that in the midst of the context of all these difficulties that happen in our life, where we live in a state of uncertainty, there is something that we should never forget, that God is reaching out to us, and he's seeking to find a way to build a covenant with us, and that if we are going to have that covenant, he's reaching out to us in a way to say, Bobby, I want to have that covenant relationship with you. 
I want to have that intimacy with you. I want to take you somewhere where you do not even understand I'm going to get you to. But in order for me, for you to do that, there are some things that you really need to put your arms around. And Abraham, you know, we all know Abraham's story, and some of us may not realize that, you know, God met him in Ur when he was in the Chaldeans, and he was an idolater, and he was a rich man, and he had everything that he wanted, and there was nothing except the fact it appeared he had an empty heart. He had uncertainty in his own lives. With all the things that he had, there still was a state of uncertainty in him. And God breaks into his uncertainty, and he says to this idolater, Abraham, if you're willing, and if you can trust me, and if you're willing to obey me, Abraham, I will put my hand upon you and make you a blessing. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave home. I want you to trust in me. I want you to leave your family. I want you to put your absolute and complete trust in me. And I want you to go to a place. And if you go to this place, I will bless you. And I not only bless you, I'll make you a blessing to the nations of the earth. Abraham is 75 years old. He does pick up, and he does move along, and he says, okay, God, I'll go to the place you want me to do. The only thing is, Abraham takes his father and mother with him, and he takes some of his family with him, and he goes down that journey, and he really can't reach the destiny that God wants him to get to. But then when his father dies in chapter 11 of Genesis, we come to that realization that God breaks into his life again. And he says, Abraham, are you ready? Are you ready to leave and obey and move in the direction that I want you to go? And he says, you know, yes, Lord. And he picks up and they start the journey again. He's moving in the direction, but he still is understanding, just like you and me, a very poor concept of what our relationship with God is. We don't understand everything about what he's calling us to do. But we do know that whatever we're doing seems to be hopeless, and we want to find something other than what we're doing. And when God breaks into our reality, reality we say, okay, Lord, I'll start the journey with you. But we gather the things that we have, and we continue to carry them with us. And in that journey, God wants to really break us. He wants to make us something quite different. And he breaks into us. And here, in 75 years, Abraham starts that journey. But when you get to chapter 17, look at what he says. When Abraham was 99 years old, almost 25 years have gone by, Abraham has been relating to God, and God has been saying to Abraham, Abraham, come on, Abraham, I want to bless you. I want to make you a blessing. I want to make you a blessing to the nations of the world. I want to make you global. I want you to have global impact, and I want you to have an impact that you cannot even imagine. But I want you to do certain things, and I want you to obey me, and I want you to leave everything behind, and I want you to start afresh. 
And now in chapter 17, he re we read he's 99 years old. And many things have happened in those 25 years that had transpired. He went into Egypt. He got himself and his wife into trouble. He and Hagar went into a relationship that God never even guided him to. And they thought that they can help God and try a way to find a way to actually bring about the blessing to the nations of the earth. And at age 99, God reappears to him. Look what he says. He says he appears to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me. Be blameless that I, conditional, may make a covenant between me and you and multiply you greatly. God never forgot the promise he made to him. He never thought, never for a moment said, I will change it. He kept it in the same direction and he said, Abraham, I'm going to multiply you. And I'm sure at 75 years, he thought, man, I'm an old man. You can do nothing about it. And he thinks that he can make some way, some way forward and move in that direction. And now he's 99 years old, and God reappears, and he says, I'm waiting to make a covenant with you. All of us are in this journey, and in the course of this journey, we're walking in a state of uncertainty, and in the context of uncertainty, we're saying to ourselves, Lord, what only can you get done? How can you make anything happen in the context of this very glim situation? In March, when 2020 turned around, I was sitting in my office and I was thinking for myself, Lord, what are you going to do? Things are going to be so miserable. The doors are going to be locked. The gates are going to be locked. The students are going to be in trouble. They, we will not be able to finish the year. And about that time, said Bobby, God said to me, Bobby, I am still in control. I just want you to trust me. And all of a sudden, it became one of the most busiest years that I had ever had. But it was all different. Isn't that amazing? We have an amazing God. But he wants us to understand that in order for us to have a covenant with him and for him to have a covenant with us, he says, there are three things I want you to put your arms around, Bobby. Look at that verse, what it says. And God said to him, I am first and foremost almighty. And I want you to come to grips with that. And I think in the midst of uncertainty, and I think in the midst of difficult circumstances, the things when everything looks bleak and hopeless, what we need to come to is the fact that God is the El Shaddai, that he is the creator God, and that he is the sovereign one, that he truly is Yahweh, and that we can put our trust in him, and that we need to come to the place in our life that if we want to let God do the things that he wants to do in us and through us, we've got to come to the place where he is sovereign. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the almighty God. And that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. Amen? Amen. There's nothing 
Only half of you believe that, right? Let's try and see if all of us can believe. There's nothing for the Lord. When we come to know the Lord, when we come to relate to the Lord, when we come to understand El Shaddai, and that it's not just a song that we sing, but that we come to the realization he is the creator God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, then we can put ourselves, no matter what the circumstances in. Abraham is saying, Lord, I'm 99 years old. What are you going to do with me? Is there any place in my life? Is there any hope for me? I'm done. I'm hopeless. And it's in the midst of that God says, I'm not done but I'm waiting for you to come to the realization that I am almighty. Amen? Amen? And so when we come to the realization that he is in charge, no matter what is happening around us, we can say, God, I trust in you. Remember Isaiah. In chapter 6, he writes these words and he says, In the year when King Uzziah died, his trust was in Uzziah. His trust was in this awesome king. This trust was in the king that could do anything. His trust was in this king who went through transformation. God broke in his life. God changed his life. God did so many things in his life. And God so transformed his life that when he came to that place in his life, he was ready. He was wondering, what is going to happen if King Uzziah died? And Isaiah, in a reluctant mind, in a state of hopelessness, he went to the temple and he stood at the threshold of the temple of God, the Word of God says. And when he stood there, it was like, boom! He had a vision. And when he had that vision, he saw God sitting high and lifted up. And he not only filled the temple, but he filled the whole world. And what he saw was at the back end of his voice, he had a task force that would do anything for him. And all of a sudden, the message that Isaiah got was, Isaiah, you may be looking at Uzziah, but I am the king of kings. I am the Lord of lords. I am the sovereign God. I am the one that is in full control. And I want you to understand at the beckon of my voice, God can do anything. And you know, Abraham, I'm sorry, Isaiah, humbles himself and he said, Oh, it's me, for I'm undone, for I'm a man of unclean lips, living in a world of uncleanness. And all of a sudden, God said to him, Now, Isaiah, tell me, who will go for me? Whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, Here am I, Lord Jesus. Send me. And it's got to come to that place in our journey where we come to the point where we begin to understand if God is going to do something, he is going to do it with his church. Amen? And we are his church, and what God wants us to do is to trust in him as sovereign, Bobby, it may look bleak, it may look hopeless, but you know, we served over 150,000 people in two months. It was amazing. And even before I could start promoting what God was doing, the resources started to come in. I was amazed myself. Isn't that amazing? God can do anything. But he wants us in our journey, and he's telling Abraham, Abraham, I'm waiting to make a covenant with you. I want you to understand 
In order for me to make that covenant, you must come to that place in your life. You know me. You know about me. You understand. I've broken into your reality. We've journeyed together. But you still have everything in your hands. You're still trying to control everything. You're not letting it loose, and you're not letting me break into your reality and allowing me to be the sovereign God that I am. And you know, when Abraham understands that, the Word of God says he falls at the feet of God. And then history begins. And all of a sudden, God breaks into Abraham's reality, and in tw 12 months, he has a son. Isn't that amazing? But it comes to that place where we begin to say, God, God, you are sovereign. And I do want to leave everything in your hands. And I know I have the tendency to take things into my control. But Lord, I want you to be in full control. And this morning, I want to challenge you to think about that. Yes, almost 18 months have gone by, and almost we've gone through you know, a roller coaster experience, in and out, out and in, in and out, out and in. Nobody knows. And I tell you, in my country, we had the first wave, we had the second wave, we had the third wave going on, and our people are so petrified, they don't know what's going to happen. But there needs to come to a place where we come to a place where we say, Lord, you're sovereign, and I believe that you're El Shaddai, you who created the heavens and the earth, are in full capacity to do whatever you want. Here, my Lord Jesus, take me, break me, melt me, reuse me, shape me the way you want me. And God comes in and he shapes us. But he doesn't stop there. In the text it says, he says, Abraham, not only do I want you to know that I am almighty, but I want you to walk before me. Now, it's a very interesting statement because sometimes we begin to wonder, what exactly is God saying to us? He's saying to Abraham, Abraham, if there's something I want to do with your life, I want to shepherd it. I want to be the one that's going to lead you, that's going to guide you, that's going to direct you, and I'm going to guide you in the way that you should go, and what I want to do with you is so that you don't go to the left or you don't go to the right, but you stay between the lines, and I'm going to be behind you, and you're going to walk before me. Isn't that amazing? And you know, that's how God wants to live our life with us. He wants us to know that we're listening to his voice, and he is the shepherd, and that he is the good shepherd, and he cares for his sheep. And you know what he says? His sheep knows his voice. And it's so important that when we have this journey with God and God is walking with us, that we know the voice of God, that we begin to hear his voice in the midst of the greatest of turmoil, that we can stay shalom in the midst of it all. And that's why he says, when the winds are blowing and the boat is shaking and I'm sleeping at the bottom of the boat and you guys are trying to get it under control and you're full of fear. And then he took, turns around after he rebukes them and he says, you people of little faith, he says, shalom and peace came by. 
But if we truly understand God is in control, and we truly understand he is with us, he never leaves us, he's always walking beside us, and he's talking with us, and he's walking and wanting us to walk ahead of him because he's going to guide us, then we must come to that place where we learn to hear that voice. And that's what he wanted to do with Abraham. Abraham, you'll hear all kinds of voices calling you. The inner voice from your own self that says, Abraham, do this. This is the best thing for you. If you don't tell a lie about your wife, the king is going to take her and you are going to be in trouble or you're going to resist and the king is going to kill you. And the inner voice began to say to him what he should do. He heard his wife's voice. And sometimes we hear our spouse's voice. And we miss the perspective of what God wants to do. And he says, I want you to listen to my voice. Listen to me. Hear me. Walk with me. And I will walk behind you. And I will guide you. The person that did that so well was David, wasn't it? He said, the Lord, he is my shepherd. And that's all I want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Isn't that amazing? No matter what the wind is blowing, how deep the water is, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What does he say? I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. What a relationship the sheep and the shepherd can have. And what David is trying to help us understand, if he only could understand Yahweh as the shepherd who is leading us, who is guiding us, who is walking beside us, who is helping us to make right choices, right decisions, and helping us to move in the way and the direction of God, God will keep his covenant and he'll make covenants with us. But till we can come to that place where we know the voice of God, he's kind of reluctant. He won't give up on us, but he's not ready to make that covenant. And he's saying to Abraham, Abraham, I am waiting to make a covenant with you. But you need to come to that place where you would let me shepherd you and walk you through. The valley of the shadow of death so you will fear no evil because I am with you. My rod and my staff will comfort you. And what is the end of him? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Isn't that an amazing promise? A knowledge to know what happens when we covenant with the one that says, I want to shepherd your life because I have a relationship with him and I hear his voice. The question is, do you know that voice? Is he really your shepherd? Have you come to that place where you are saying to yourself, Lord, I don't want to do anything except what you want me to do. You remember the words of the gospel writers who said, Jesus said, early in the morning, 
while it was still dark, before the rising of the sun, Jesus went into the presence of the Father, and he and the Father had a conversation every day. And he did nothing else except what the Father wanted him to do. And this is what God is looking for. When he says, I want to walk behind you, Bobby, he's saying, Bobby, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I want you to trust in me. I'll take you through those green pastures. I will restore your soul, but I want you to know, surely, goodness and mercy, regardless of the conditions, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will not feel the earth because I am your shepherd. Isn't that amazing? The question is, are we there? And is he still waiting to make a covenant with you and me? This morning, I want to encourage you to search your heart and say, Lord, am I still in control or have I yielded it so you can take over? The final thing he says, I want you to be blameless. I want to suggest what Yahweh is saying to Abraham is, I want to make you complete. I want to make you whole. I don't want to let you to have any blemish inside of you. And so what I'm going to do with you is you and I are journeying together. And as we journey together, I'm going to shape you. I'm going to reshape you. I'm going to break you. I'm going to become the potter. You're going to be the clay. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to break you more and more and more and take out all that hard spots. I'm going to put you into the oven. Let the dross really come out of you. And I'm going to make you shine like I want you to shine. But I want you to understand that when I created you, you were without sin. But what has happened is in the context of that journey, we became disobedient to God. And instead of remaining under the authority of God, we moved from the authority of God into the authority of the prince of this earth. And in that state of being, you know what happened? He took our mind. He took our eyes. He took our feelings. He took our flesh. He took everything and he began to rule it and reign over it. And what Paul says in the book of Colossians, I want you to understand, church in Colossae, you may be thinking that you are philosophers. You may be thinking that you have it all together. You may be thinking that you are practicing the right things. But I want you to understand that what God is doing is he's delivering you from the dominion of darkness and he's translating you and taking you into the kingdom of his son that he loves so much. And when he takes you in there, you know what you're going to do? He's going to reshape us. And when he reshapes us, we're going to experience the forgiveness and the redemption of God because of his grace and his mercy. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's an amazing walk that we have with God. And what God wants to do with our lives is he wants to shape us and blame, take, make us blameless. Isn't that amazing? I can't imagine that because no matter how hard I try, Lord, help me to stay between the lines. Lord, help me to do this. Lord, help me not to do it there. I seem to go there just like that. It's a default, right? God says, would you let me be sovereign? 
Would you let me be your shepherd? And would you let me clean you up so that you would become completely and holy? Your relationship with me will be blameless. Your relationship with your one and others will become blameless. Your relationship with, with this world will become blameless. And you will live for the praise of my glory. And my glory will shine in you and through you. And then the world will be covered with the knowledge of the glory of our God. Amen? And that's what God is doing. He's looking to make a covenant with us. We may be wanting to make a covenant with God, but we're struggling. And we have come into a relationship with him. And we have heard him. We have known that he's true, he's real. But we are not ready to say, Lord, you are sovereign and I am only a subject of your kingdom and I want you to take over my life. You can shepherd me as far as you want. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Do whatever you want me to do. Be whatever you want me to be. You can change me and make me the way you want me to be. And when we get to that place, you know what happens? We humble ourselves. And we fall at the feet of God and say, even so, Lord Jesus, let it be. And all of a sudden, God takes us, and he gives us a new name. That's what he did to Abraham and Sarah in this, in this chapter. He blesses them, and he brings the hope that they have been waiting for, and that child that needed to be born, and that child is born, and the hope is risen, and all of a sudden, Abraham's life is changed and his whole concept of faith in God is so transformed that by the end of the book, when God says to him, Abraham, I want you to lay your son on the altar, he takes him up to the mountain, puts him on the altar, and is willing to lose what he thought was the only way forward. And God breaks into him. The question is, have we made a covenant with God have we come to that place where we say to God, God, you are sovereign, you can lead me, you can guide me, you can be my shepherd, and Lord, I want you to transform me so I'm no longer living, but it is Christ who's living in me. And that you're letting him lead us through that valley. And he allows us, and we allow him to accomplish his purposes in our life. And then all of a sudden, God is doing his thing in us and through us, and the unbelievable take place in our lives. Isn't that amazing? I hope this morning, if you've never made that step of faith to say, God, I'm ready to trust you completely. I want you to be my shepherd, and I want you to make me blameless, because I can't. That you'll be willing to say to the Father, Lord, I submit myself to you completely and wholly, believing that you are, and I'm going to let loose of everything and allow you to take over and allow him to take it so that he can take your life and come into a covenant with you and that you can become what he wants you to be. Amen? We'll be at our table. Please come by, pick up those books that are there. They're free for you to see what God does when you turn 
your life over to him. It's an amazing thing my father did, and I did at one point in my life. And even though sometimes I find myself holding back, but when he did take control, God took us, and he has used us in the most powerful way, like we've never been able to see God work. And I want it to be the joy of your salvation, the hope of your life in Christ Jesus, and that we would not let anything discomforting bother us because we know he is God Almighty. He is our shepherd, and he is going to make everything perfect. Amen? Amen. Will you pray with me? And Father, we thank you. We can trust in you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you never leave us. You're always with us. We thank you, Father, that you are King of kings and you're the Lord of lords. And in the midst of this incredible pandemic, oh God, when everything seems to be uncertain, never, nothing seems to want to settle down, then we can truly come to you and say, you are sovereign. And we can humbly bow down before you and say, Lord, would you lead our lives? Would you take us and then watch you? Give us a newness in us and bless our lives so that we can be a blessing to the nations of the earth. I ask this all in Jesus' marvelous and precious name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.